different sermon uh, that I was preparing, and while I was preparing it, I was pretty much done with it. But for some reason, or for some reason, I just I didn't feel like 100 with it. Have you guys ever felt like unsure of something, like it just doesn't sit well? Um, and I'm not saying that the message was bad or anything like that. It's a great message, and I hope to give it to you guys next time. Um, but for this time, it, it didn't sit well with me for some reason. I just, I kind of kept walking around my living room and asking God and just saying, God, is this what you want to talk about? Or I don't know. And so I said, you know what, God, I'm just going to put pause on that for a minute and just prepare for like the little recap that I just gave you guys. And uh, I said, I'm just going to read the recap or like read the verses that I had read last time and just see like what else you say, like just, just hear your word in a different way. So I began to prep for that recap, and I was reading, and I believe God put this thought in, in, in me, but I had this thought, and the thought was, what if I just do like a continuation of last time? What if I just kind of pick up where I left off last time and just go from there? And so I thought to myself, uh, just keep reading, because... Um, God told me that the last time, so I decided to just follow his advice and keep reading. So I kept reading, and after these verses um, with the seeds and the soil and the farmer, um, the next the next section of the next section of verses are just happened to be the verses that I read for she is. Can you hear me? Okay, they were the next verses. I mean, they were the verses that I read for she is. And I was like, what? I can't believe it. Like, I was reading those, prepping for the, for the recap, and then I just read down a little further, and there it was. Like, the verses that I read for she is. And I thought, oh, my God, so crazy. I never knew. Like, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't put it together. I guess when I read she is, I didn't read up. I just kind of stayed where I was. That's why it's good to, to read around the Bible, up and down, side to side. And, um... So I was, I don't know, I was just so excited and uh, so funny because I read it this morning, actually, and uh, my husband was in the shower, and uh, he leaves the door open in case I need to use the bathroom. How many married people are in here? Yep, we all know that we do that. No shame in our game. So uh, I walked into the restroom. He's taking a shower. I didn't look at anything. I just walked in, and, <laughs> and I said, honey, guess what? I got my verses, guess what? And uh, I just, I told him, I said, God is so crazy. He's so crazy how like I'm prepping and then I'm asking him to speak to me and he like just says read, keep reading and I kept reading and there it is. And after I read that, I felt like God was saying, follow up, follow up. So I said, okay, I'll follow up. And so I prepared um, my different sermon today actually, um, I, I went over it like four times, <laughs> and um, I prepared it, and then still when I got here, just because I felt like the other sermon, like that was the one that I set my heart on for some reason, I, when I got here, I was like a little in, like unsure, and then Meryl, she gave me like this awesome like word of knowledge that confirmed that we were going to talk about what God said that we are going to talk about, and um, so yeah, let's talk about it, Amen. So let's all go to um, Luke, the book of Luke. And I'm going to read out of the message version and uh, the NLT version tonight. So this one is uh, Luke 8, 
Can I get a amen when you're there? Cool. So Luke 16, I'm sorry. Luke 18, verse 16. Y'all there? Okay. Luke 8, 16. So it says, um, it says, no one lights a lamp and then covers it with a wash tub or shoves it under the bed. No, you set it up on a lampstand so those who enter the room can see their way. We're not keeping secrets, we're telling them. We're not holding things, we're bringing everything out into the open. So let's read that one more time. Verse 16, no one lights a lamp and then covers it with a washtub or shoves it under the bed. No. You set it up on a lampstand so those who enter the room can see their way. We are not keeping secrets. We're telling them. We're not hiding things. We're bringing everything out into the open. Amen? Amen. Cool. So for she is, um, which was back in March, it's how many months ago? Like six, um, six, 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 six months ago. <sighs> Through this word, I believe that God was challenging me. And when I gave it, I believe that he was challenging the ladies that were there. He was challenging us. The, these verses are, are, are challenging. Why are they challenging? Because it's not easy to say everything. It's not easy to tell the world. It's not easy to put things out into the open. It's, it's a little bit tough, right? How many of you agree with that? It is a little tough. And so what God is challenging us to do is he's challenging us to talk about it. Can you somebody say talk about it? Talk about it. He's challenging us to talk about it, to speak on it, to share, to let go. That's what he's calling us to do. Now, if we look into these verses, the verses are talking about nobody turns on a lamp and puts it under, under the bed or under the table. Like, why would you turn on a light than to cover it up? It makes no sense unless you're looking for something that's under the bed, like your shoe or like an earring or something like that. But in this case, we're not looking for anything. So we want the, we want the light on top. We want the light to illuminate the room. Why do we want to illuminate the room? Because it's dark. Because we need light to see. And so what happens is that we're all on this journey. Some of us get to a place in our journey sooner than others because we're all going through our own process. All of us are going through our own thing. So some of us get to a designation before the other, and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. We're all in our own, in our own space. We're all in our own lane, and that's perfectly fine because that's how God designed it for you and for me. So what happens is that he's telling, he's telling those that have arrived at a certain place, he's saying, I want you to turn on the light and light up this room. Because what's gonna happen, Meryl, is that you're gonna have a sister who's gonna catch up to you. And that sister is gonna be able to see. See, what happens is that we've been in this room for a while now, so we know our way around. I can walk around my room in the dark, and I know where the bed is, I know where the drawers are, I know where the lamp, like I know where everything is in my house. I can walk around my house with the light off, because I've been there for a long time. But somebody that comes into it, they don't know where anything is. 
Now, the crazy thing is that in order for me to walk around my house with the light off, I first had to learn how to walk in my house with the light on so that I can learn where everything was. And so what happens is that we're in this house, we're in this space, we're in this room, and there are sisters of ours who don't know our house or who don't know the place that we're in. And they need the light on in order to get around like the coffee table and not hit themselves. We need, to we need to have the light on so that the sister that's coming in after us isn't hurt by bumping into something or tripping over something. You guys get me? So that's why it's so important to turn the light on. That's why it's so important to say, hey, I've been here. I know what you're about to go through. Let me turn the light on for you. And that's what this verse is telling us. That's what these verses are saying. They're saying, share, talk about it. Minister to your sister, pour into her because she's in need just like you were in need. Isn't that beautiful? I was blown away by that and I thought, wow, God, you're, you're so awesome. Like the way that you've set it up and, and the awesome thing is that he can do it himself, but he gives us purpose in this life, so he, he uses us. And I don't know about you, I don't know if, if any of you have been used by God. I'm, I'm sure a lot of you have, but I don't, I'm just being general. I, I love being used by God. I feel my most purposeful when God is using me, when I'm doing something that he's asked me to do. That's when I feel like I'm hitting like the peak of my purpose is when I'm being used by him. And if, if you feel like God hasn't used you, then we got to pray and we'll pray and we'll see how, and we'll see and you'll see how God will use you and how God is going to use you in your life because it's, it's amazing. It's amazing when God uses you and, and you see it and oh, it's just, okay, it's good. You guys still with me? So, but it's tough to talk about it. It's tough to turn on that light because our room sometimes can be a little messy. Sometimes people come over and don't judge me for this, Belen, forget what I'm telling you because you hear it often. <laughs> but sometimes uh, people come and uh, I close the door to my room and I say, uh, I just did laundry, but I didn't do laundry. It's just a mess in there. <laughs> <laughs> Forget about this villain, okay? The next time you come over, I did do the laundry. <laughs> but I don't want to expose that to anybody. I don't want anybody to see that I'm kind of a messy person. You know, I, I'm kind of messy. I'm a creative. That's, that's how we creatives are. Except Belen, her room is always clean. <laughs> but I, I'm kind of a messy person. And so I don't want anybody to really see my mess. I don't want anybody to see like my shoes, like one shoe on that side and another shoe on that side. I'm embarrassed about it, so I don't want to show you. So what do I do? I close my room so that nobody sees it. And so the only time that I open my room and let people in is when it's nice and clean, when I got some flowers on my drawer, it's cool in there, like I vacuumed. That's, that's the only time where I open the door to my room, when I feel like it's presentable. Sometimes, you guys know where I'm going. You guys are so smart. You guys are so smart. <laughs> Sometimes that's how we are. We feel like we're not presentable. So what do we do? We close our room, right? We close that door until we go in, fix it up, fluff it up, and make it nice and neat for everyone to see. And that's what we think. 
Because what happens is that, I don't know why, but we don't like messes. And sometimes messes are okay. We don't have to have Mr. Clean around all the time. Like, sometimes messes are okay. But what happens, like, if we spill milk or if we spill water? Like, we rush to clean it. And that's okay. Like, we don't want sticky floors. But we're so, we're so quick to have everything look so, like, prim and proper. Because we don't want anything to look a mess. We want everything to look very put together, organized. Just don't come over, on my, over uh, to my house on a Monday because it's not a good day to see it. But um, that, that's how we are sometimes. And it's crazy because um, it's, it's kind of been embedded into us, hasn't it? Like to, to look proper, to look clean, to look the part. Um, last night, I was washing my face, and I noticed I had a pimple here. I don't know. You probably can't see it because I popped it. But uh, <laughs> I had a pimple like, uh, uh, and <laughs> it was like a white pimple. You know those, oh, those nasty pimples. And so um, I went to sleep, and uh, when I woke up, I saw it again. And I thought, I need to cover that up for tonight. And then I thought, like later when I was pre- uh, preparing, I thought, why do I need to cover that up? Like, why do I need to cover up my pimple? Look, I have one there, and I have some over here somewhere. (laughs) I broke out this week. Um, But why do I want to cover up? And the thing is, is that we've been taught to cover up our blemishes. We've been taught to cover up our our imperfections with concealer. Uh, We've been taught, like, I don't know how many YouTube videos you can find on contouring your face. I've seen so many videos on contouring my face. Like, I've seen the clown one. I've seen, like, the lion-looking one. Does everybody know what that is, contouring? It's like when you, like, shade your face to make certain things pop out. Like, why do my bones, why do my cheekbones need to be more defined and my jawline? Like, why? (laughs) You know, like, I'm going to come in on Sunday and not even look like myself. (laughs) You guys, I mean, what is, like, how are you guys going to believe me? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you've seen me before, and I I don't get it. Like, why contour? Like, why do I want a finer nose? My nose is fine. (laughs) Little bridge and all, right, Meryl? (laughs) But we are, this is put in front of us a lot, like, Cover your blemishes, cover your, imper- your imperfections, structure your face to like fix it because it's not right right now. Like your face is a total mess, you need to contour it so that it can be right. So I don't know since when, but for a long time we women have been given this, 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 this idea, we've been given, like this, we've been placed in this world where we need to, we need to cover up and conceal what we don't want to show. But why? Why do, we, why do we bite into it? Why do we fall into it? Um, those are some of the questions that I have. What I want to see, um, what I want to see happen, and what I believe that God is, is moving us towards this. I believe he's, he's moving us towards having this happen. Um, he wants to see women pouring into each other. Like, that's what God wants to see. And that's what the whole room thing is about. 
Like, if we think about that room again, if we go back into the room, God wants to have women pour into another woman, and that woman receive and then pour into the next woman. Like, it's a cycle of pouring. I don't know if, if you guys have realized this, but I've, I've realized this in my life, and I'm, this is the first time that I'm, like, really, like, going off, not on my notes. So I'm just going to leave those there. But um, for the first time, I think, in my life, I've realized, not right now, but earlier, <laughs> I realized how I, ne- I need sisters around me. Like, I need to have girls around me. I, I'm married to an amazing man. I, I have an amazing husband, and I can share with him everything. Like, I've shared with him everything, the things that I'm embarrassed to share with him, like the things that, like, I have to tell him not to look at me while I say it to him. Like, I've shared with him a lot of things. But I feel like as women, we still need, like, a woman's perspective sometimes. And as I've gotten older, I don't know if you guys have realized it, like, at a younger age, but me, I'm just realizing that I need women around me. Like, I need a strong group of women that I can go. I need to go to a woman who has been through things that I haven't been through and have her pour into me because I need pouring into. And then I need to go into a woman who maybe has, doesn't have the experience that I have or maybe is going through something that I can help with and pour into her. We need to have this cycle. I, I want to have... Well, not I, but I feel like God is leading us to that place where we see like a constant flow of women receiving and pouring, receiving and pouring. And I, I believe that that's the direction that we are heading as, as women. And I believe that that is the key to sisterhood. That's the key to sisterhood is to, to trust that you can be open for someone to pour into you and the next person is open that is open to you in order for you to pour into them. Make sense? Cool. So there are a lot of things that, or not a lot of things, but there are things sometimes that keep us or or try to hold us back and keep us from, from freely going to each other and pouring and getting poured into. Sometimes we go through different situations in life. Sometimes we go through different battles, and we don't share them. We don't turn on the light to them. We keep them to ourselves. I don't know why we do this, but we do. We do it for different reasons. I don't feel like we often kind of just sit and think, like, what, what's holding me back? Like, God, what, what's going on in my life that's preventing me to take that next step forward with you? What's preventing me from moving forward? What's, what's holding me back? Because what happens is that God wants to move us forward. And the enemy wants to hold us back. And so we have these two forces pulling at us. One pulling this direction and one pulling in that direction. And what's happening is that we're basically just staying in the same place. We're not moving forward. We, may not be, we might not be moving back, but we're we're kind of stagnant. We're in the same place. We find ourselves in this cycle of maybe like going through the same thing, going through the same obstacles in life, Um, whether it be like financial issues or whether it be just different types of issues. Like we find ourselves continuously kind of fighting certain battles. And the point of this is for you guys to see like, hmm, 
I have, I have this in my life that, that's holding me back. So <clears throat> what I want to challenge you guys to do is I want to I challenge all of us to find somebody to talk to about that. Because God is there for us, and, and I encourage you to definitely speak to God, but God has also placed us as sisters there for each other. How many of you guys have other sisters? I do. I have sisters. And I've sent my sisters a message, a text message, when I've needed them, and they've responded like that. Like, where are you? What can I do? Like, what do you need help with? Like, what's going on? Can we be that for each other here? Can we be like a quick response for each other? Because let me tell you, some of us in here, maybe not all of you, and even if it's just one person, then, then I'm glad that we're talking about this again because at least one person in here is drowning. One person in here is sinking in their secrets. But which one of us is gonna, is gonna be there for that person? Which one of us is going to be there for her to help her out of that? Who's going to step up to the plate? Who's going to reach out and pull her out of the water? And who can that person like run to? Who does she feel comfortable enough to share that deep, deep thing that she hasn't shared with anybody? Who, who is that person going to go to if not one of us? Why wouldn't she come to one of us? Why wouldn't we be that person for them? You guys get me? I'm not trying to put pressure on us. I'm not trying to like be a downer. All I'm saying is that we need each other. And there's a great need for what, for what I believe God is making or God is creating here with these services. I walk around and um, I've been going on walks lately and, and I see people out there. And I've actually, I, I, I've just stopped and talked to a few of them. And everybody has something that they need. Everybody needs something. Like there's not one person that I have talked to that I've asked, do you need prayer for something? Can I pray for anything in your life? There's not one person that has said, no, I'm good. There's not one person that has said that to me. Now let's think about our sisters who are out there. And I've said this before, and I'll say it again because it needs to be said again. But I feel like right now, our sisters, like we women, we are the most free, but we are also the, mo the, the most in bondage. And the reason why is because we're, people are feeding us false truth. People are giving us a false identity, and, and they're believing it. And so what needs to happen is real truth needs to be spoken to them so that they can be freed. Real self-worth needs to be spoken into women so that they can truly know their value and where they stand and, and who they stand on. But how many of us are going to go do that? I want to do that. I've been a big sister for 28 years. My, my next sister, she's going to turn, well, actually, she already turned 28. Last month, she turned 28 years old. So I've been a big sister for 28 years. And, and I want to tell you that I love being a big sister. How many big sisters are in here? And how many of you love being a big sister? I, 
I love being a big sister. As a big sister, I love when I get a text message from any of my little sisters telling me that they need something or asking me for advice. My, my world lights up when that happens. And with those sisters, I'm including you here because I've received calls from many of you here and you've lit up my world when I get that call from you. I love being a big sister. I love being able to embrace and hug and give love when it's needed. I love doing that. And I want to do that for those that are out there because they need it too. Amen? Cool. Let's go to the Bible again. Am I boring, you guys? Are you guys still with me? Okay, good. If I'm boring, just walk out and I'll know what you mean. <laughs> All right, we're going to go to Jeremiah, uh, chapter 23, verse 24. And um, I'm reading out of the NLT version. You guys all there? Okay, cool. So let's read. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere in all the heavens and all the earth, says the Lord? So I'm going to read that one more time. Can anyone hide from me in a secret place? Am I not everywhere? in all the heavens and the earth, says the Lord. When I read this, I felt incredibly safe. Like just this, this feeling of, of, of safeness um, surrounded me when I read this verse because I thought, God is everywhere. Like there is nowhere that I can go where I can hide from him, nowhere. Even if I think I'm hiding, I'm not hiding because he sees me. Like, there's nowhere. Like, do you guys get that? There's nowhere you can go where you can hide from God. He is everywhere. He is across all of the heavens and all of the earth. He is everywhere. And the reason why I felt safe was because I thought, God is everywhere. <laughs> like, I'm protected wherever I go. Wherever I step in, whatever, whatever comes at me in life, God is there, and I can't hide from him. A good husband allows his wife to feel protected and safe. And, and God, as a good husband, he does that for you and I. Wait, yeah, you and I. <laughs> he does that for us. Because he wants us to feel safe wherever we go. He wants us to know that he is there. So let's read another verse. Let's go to Genesis. And we're going to chapter 3, verse 10. Amen? Okay. So this is Adam speaking. And Adam says, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid. And God says, 
Who told you you were naked? Did you eat from that tree I told you not to eat from? When I read this, this is what I felt like God was saying to me. God was saying, who told you that there was something wrong with you? Who told you that there was a need for you to hide? And who told you there was a need for you to conceal? Who told you those things? What tree have you been eating from? What fruit have you been biting into? That's what God is saying here. He's saying, who told you that I'm afraid of messes? Isn't that awesome? God is so good. Can we give him, like, praise? <laughs> the enemy is a liar. He's a liar. Hate him. Who told us that we were messed up? He did. God never said that to us. When, when uh, Dini, you were worshiping up there, and, oh, like, I almost fell to the floor. <laughs> but you were saying, like, God says you're worthy. And I thought, yes, he does say that. He says exactly that. He says you are worthy. He doesn't call you a mess. He doesn't call you broken. He calls you worthy, blameless. And you are free. Can you say, I am free? But can you say it and believe it? I'm free. I don't know. I am free. <laughs> Who was that delay? Was that you? <laughs> we are free. That's what God is saying to us. And what God is also saying, well, what I feel from him is that he wants us. That's his character. Like, if, if you ever knew, like, if you ever know somebody and you hear something from someone, like, like, if I ever hear, oh, this girl, she was worshiping and she had her shoes off, that's Meryl. Like, I know that's Meryl. Like, I, I know that's you. That's who you are. So, so when I hear something like that, like, when I hear, who told you that you were naked? I think, like, that's so God to say something like that. Like, that's so him. That's his character. And what he wants is he wants us to, to grab onto that character and make it our own. He wants us to adapt that character for ourselves. Not adapt. He wants us to take that character for ourselves. He wants us to be like that with each other. He wants us, and I've said this again I mean before, but I'm going to say it again. He wants us to create a safe place for each other. What does a safe place look like? This is what it looks like. <laughs> a safe place looks like trust. Looks like no fear. No judgment, like a judgment-free zone. It looks like comfort. It looks like walking around with your shoes off. It looks like laughing at like silly things, like a safe place looks like like those things a safe place looks like i can come to you and tell you that that i have 
that I've had a problem with, um, okay, I'm, I'm going to go there. A safe place looks like me telling you I've had a problem with masturbation. And you won't judge me or make a face like, oh, she went there. Oh, God. <laughs> That's what a safe place looks like. A safe place looks like that. And I, I feel like that's where we, where God wants us to get to, where we can talk about it. Somebody say, talk about it. Talk about it. All right, I'm going to talk about this because I'm not even going off my notes. <laughs> um, today I had this thought because I'm, I'm thinking about the things that we go through that we don't talk about. Like I was thinking about like, I, I thought about porn, for example. And I thought, how many women look at porn and don't talk about it? Especially at church. Like in the world, like we overexpose our sexuality. And in church, we have no sexuality. Like we, we are not sexy in here. <laughs> That's what church is like. But it's not like that. I'm married. I, my husband's sexy to me. And I better be sexy to him. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, why do we act like sex is a bad word in church? Like, God didn't create it. But I, I read that one out of three women visit porn sites. One out of three women. So count one, two, three, and it's you. <laughs> that look at that stuff. Like, look at that. But we don't talk about it. Why? Because we're not supposed to look at those things because women don't look at that stuff. Women are not aroused. No, like girls don't get horny. Yeah, I said it. Girls don't get like that, right? But we, but we do. We, we do. That happens to us. But we don't talk about it. It's some of the things that we keep inside that, that we don't want to share. It's those things that people are going to think, Really? The pastor went through that? Let me tell you something. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you this. I wasn't going to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you this. So I didn't grow up Christian. My parents were Catholic, but we didn't really, like, venture into Catholicism. It was just, like, whenever something happened. <laughs> um, so I, I, I grew up there. So I, I didn't really grow up with, like, a, a strong presence of God. And so... Um, when I was around 17, 16 years old, um, a lot of my friends were having sex. Like, they started to have sex around that age. And I thought, I thought, you know what? Like, I don't know why, but how many of you guys watch Family Matters with Laura, Laura Winslow? All right. Those were my parents because they kind of taught me. <laughs> and I remember an episode where Carl Winslow tells Laura Winslow that she has to save herself for marriage. And so I said... I'm going to save myself for marriage. <laughs> and, um, but the alternative was, was masturbation for me. And I can't believe I'm sharing this with you guys. Okay. It's a safe place. That was the alternative. That was the alternative. I thought, hey, at least I'm not having sex. Right? Like, no harm, no foul. Like, no sex. It's just, just me, and, and that's good. And then... When I became a Christian, 
I learned that it wasn't good to have sex. Like, I, I, I kind of got, like, the, the gist of that principle that I had. Like, I, I learned where it came from and who said it and why it was established and all that good stuff. I learned that. So I still thought, hey, well, at least I'm not having sex. But, but I, I still did it. Like, it was like, I don't know, it, it was something that I did. So when I got into marriage, um, it was something that was still in, in, in my mind. And it was something that was difficult for me to break from. It was something that I had to, this was such a hard conversation, and I'm going to have it with you, but I had to talk to my husband one day when he got home from work, and I had to tell him, honey, I'm sorry, but I, I, I did this. I don't even know what to say. Like, I don't even know, like, don't look at me. Like, you guys don't look at me. <laughs> like, that's what I felt like. Like, don't look at me when I'm telling you this, but I, but I, I did that. And a while ago, um, on Moral Revolution, you guys follow that? Havila Cunnington, my girl. Um, they put out a, a thing that said, um, I'll stop masturbating when I'm married. And it was like, a, what was it, Myth Monday or something, where like they give a, like something that's not true, something that doesn't automatically happen when you fix it with something else. Make sense? And that was, like, that was their myth. And when, when I saw that, I was like, Yes, that's true, because I've gone through that. And marriage didn't solve that for me, because marriage can't really fix a heart issue. Like, we can't fix a heart issue with an outer action sometimes. Like, it has to be dealt with inwardly. You have to, you have to first identify that it's going on, and then you can talk about it and get counseling for it. I was able to talk through it with my husband, and thank God that's not an issue for me anymore. So don't you look at me sideways. <laughs> but it was something that I had to battle through. And the reason why I'm telling you this is because maybe some of you guys are going through that. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. Like, some of you guys are probably doing that. And if, if somebody doesn't talk about it, then you don't know that you're not the only one. And you think you're the only freak that this is happening to. But let me tell you, you're not the only freak. There's at least 20 other freaks in here with you. Amen? Okay. I wasn't going to share that, but Meryl looked at me funny, so it's all her fault. So let's keep talking about this safe place. Let's go to Proverbs, and we're going to go to Proverbs 11:13. Okay. So Proverbs 11, 13 says this. A gossip, a gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. So let me talk to you about this, this safe place. A safe place looks like we keep it to ourselves when someone opens up to us. I consider, it an, I consider it an honor when someone opens up to me with something really personal. Like, honestly, I feel honored by that because I think this person could have gone to somebody else or they could have not gone to anyone at all, but they decided to come to me. So I'm going to cherish what they're talking about and I'm going to guard it and I'm going to protect them. If they want to share it with other people, that's their business, but I'm not going to share it with anybody. I'm going to keep it to myself. 
That's a safe place. I want to be a safe place for you. And I want you to be a safe place for me. And I want you to be a safe place for each other. Because that's God's heart. That's his characteristic. He said that he was going to protect us. He says that he's everywhere so that we're kept safe. So if we dwell within him, then let's, let's all be in this safe place. Amen? Now let me talk to you guys a little bit about what a safe place is. I mean, more about the safe place because some, some, some of you may have put that the thing that you're going through is anger. So sometimes when someone comes to open up to you, they may come at you and like get a little angry. And you can't be like, ho, 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 don't get angry with me. Because anger is what they're going through. <laughs> so isn't it normal that they might get a little angry when they speak? Although they should be respectful and honorable, and you do too. But you should ex expect that. If someone comes to you and tells you, like, I have a problem with anger. Can I talk it through with you? Can I partner with you? Can you pray for me? We're going to hear them. And after we finish talking with them, we're not going to be like, oh, my God, that person was so angry. Or, like, that person is so insecure. Or that person is so conceited. Like, we don't want to say things like that. Like, we want to go in and be a safe place for that person. Am I making sense? Cool. So we want to be, we want to be safe places for each other. We want to, we want to form a sisterhood. Let's, let's go to my last verse, which is going to be um, <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, uh, verse 11. Okay, so this is, this is my last one. After this, we're, we're going to wind it down. You guys there? Amen. Okay, so 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. No one left out, no one left behind. Build up, build up hope so you'll all be together in this. No one left out, no one left behind. I know you're already doing this, just keep on doing it. Like I was telling you, I, I've learned to treasure the bond between sisters. It's a special bond. It's, it's an amazing bond that we can develop and that we can have. And it's something that with certain, it, it's something that it, it's easy for us to let go of. It's easy for us to let go of bonds that we've held with each other. I, I had to speak with one of my sisters recently and, and talk about miscommunications that we had and, and fix that bond. Because there, there once was a bond there and something broke it or interrupted it. And we were able to sit down together as sisters, talk it through. Like I expressed myself, she expressed herself. It was, it was, it was good. We spoke as sisters because before I can be a leader, before I can be a pastor, I first have to be your sister. How can we trust someone to lead us if we can't come to them? Does that make sense? So in order for, for you to see me as, as, any, as any type of leader in your life, I first have to be a sister to you. Does that make sense? And that's what her and I were. Like, we, we, were, we, were, we were both without positions. We were just sisters. And we were able to talk as, as, as such. And it was awesome. 
And I can appreciate that bond and I can appreciate the new bonds that I know that we will all form. So no one out or no one left behind. We're all in this together. Amen? So I hope that you guys were blessed by it. I know that some of the things that you heard, you may have heard before. But um, I really felt like God wanted us to go in a little bit deeper. Ceci, I have a word for you. And um, I've waited till now to tell you. Um, God says that you are free. That this, this service for you today broke chains. You are free. Okay? Can we all stand? Please, would you all, lovely ladies, just stand with me? Okay. This is really, this is really special. This is, this is going to be a special moment for us because this is a special service. I know that a lot is happening. A lot of breakthrough is happening. And so I, I want you to pray for each other right now. Pray for each other as if you were praying for yourself. Pray for each other like you pray for yourself when you're in dire need. So let, let's pray. Let's pray.